0: This week at Shiloh, we've been excavating an ancient Roman pottery dump uh, in our square. And we also found some pieces of a very interesting artifact. And I'm gonna show you this fragment of a stone vessel cup. So this one fragment speaks volumes, about 2000 years ago in history, uh, in the land of Judea to me. And what archeologists believe they are related to is the ritual purification system, the ritual purity. And the idea is you want to avoid impurity. Stone is not listed on the bad list. Therefore, if we make our vessels of stone, it cannot become impure. And we see an explosion of stone mugs, plates, bowls, cups, that are used in this window of history for a hundred years or so. uh, And then they disappear from history. So what we find is Jewish believers are using these vessels to uh, maintain ritual purity and we think it may be related to an actual very famous story from the new testament jesus has his last supper with his disciples would the jewish host of the home have ever let that important rabbi and his followers use any vessels that could have become impure the answer is most likely no Uh, likely it was stone vessels so when jesus passes the cup and uses the example says the wine represents my blood it's very possible it's one of these that he's passing. So obviously these items speak to us and they take us back to a world, a material culture that has been gone for 2,000 years, but we read about in the Bible and things like this, this one little stone artifact, help brings that account
1: We came across a wall. Um, one day, we were just kind of digging. We found the tops of a rock, um, and me and Dr. Cotter started to scrape off, and the rock had a friend and another friend, and it turned into a whole wall that we now have about um, two feet uh, exposed of a wall. Um, we're not quite sure the dating or where it's going, um, but we're very encouraged to find something that we didn't quite expect.
2: I have always had a, a deep interest in history. Been interested in archaeology for a while, and when this trip came available, I jumped at the opportunity, especially because I want archaeology to be my career.
1: Currently we have a large pile of rubble that we are trying to level down, create a flat
0: area. Well for several years we've been watching Digging for Truth on YouTube and uh, we've been very encouraged by that. Lifting some really, really big rocks. Yeah I'd say that. Fun, but big rocks.
1: My favorite things are um, tilling. That's moving a lot of the dirt with the trowel. Also, just today I've been working with trying to dual wield with trowels just to to speed up the process. Um, something I picked up from Gary Byers to see if I could <laughs> carry on the legacy yes. of using double or dual wield trowels.
0: I'm going to do a word study when I get home on rocks and dust. I believe you already said there's over. How many references to
3: dust? About a hundred references.
0: Just just dust alone. But what God can do with rocks, what the
2: Israelites can do with rocks is simply amazing. I have learned more about the Bible in three weeks than I have like in my entire life combined. Just being here and just being able to see where it all happened. Well, we've done tons of touring and so just going on sites and we just pull out our Bibles and just read scripture to place and it just illuminates it and brings it to life in a way that you cannot understand just reading the text. I think it just has made it more realistic.
1: It's really bringing the Bible instead of just names and people that we hear stories about, but these are real people that also had to worry about their homes and their food and then the streets they walked on. It's just amazing to bring that back to life. I'd agree. It gives grounding to everything that you're reading in Scripture. Like, you're here. We're not exactly at a place where, like, people necessarily stood, like, in biblical times, but we're getting there, like, through the layers. But, like, we're looking around, and we see all the buildings, like, the the foundations of the buildings, and we're seeing the pottery. We're touching the things that people touched and, like, formed and made, and, like, seeing the hills pretty much the way that they saw them, and it's
0: really special.
2: Yesterday, they found a really cool It was like a full handle piece, but it had a lot attached to it still. And that was super cool to see, just like how long that giant piece of pottery has been preserved. It's been waiting, sitting in the dirt for thousands of years for us to find it.
1: And that you're actually adding to a real excavation.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know you're making a difference. Again, when you read, um, when you've been there and you read it in the scripture, you see it in your mind and it's the real thing. Um, It's not what you thought it might have been, (laughs) you you know, reality.
1: It's all worth it. (laughs) Yeah, CCU is a great uh, school. Uh, You'll hear so many times the community, the community is great.
2: Colorado Christian University is awesome because we get to have a really one-on-one relationship with our professors. We have super small class sizes, so your professors really do get to know you and your interests. We're with Colorado Christian University, so and this was a team that uh, Dr. Carter and Dr. Rodriguez has been—they've been going to Israel and doing digs for a while. So this is our first one at Shiloh. But yeah, so it was just through CCU to the world that we came here. So
1: yeah. And then a few of us are archaeology minors, so we're taking this as an actual class.
2: Yeah.
0: And okay. you need a few archaeology minors, yeah, I yeah. am. Two of you. Right. Cool. Actually.
1: It's
2: just a level of personalized relationships with your professors that you cannot get at a large university.
3: Hi, I'm Scott Stripling. In May of 2013, we uncovered an underground system called a hiding system an olive press cave that had been repurposed as a tunneling and hiding system during the great revolt of the first century. Within that context, we found eight human skeletons, seven females and a young boy. Apparently, what had happened at the site is the men died up top fighting, resisting the Romans, and they tried to hide their families down below, but these poor people were discovered and they were disarticulated. They were murdered by the Romans and their bodies were left there for 2,000 years until our team came along. When we uncovered these human remains, it was quite moving because we found tacks from Roman military boots called caligule. We also found arrowheads that were unique to the Roman military from that time. It was clear what had happened from the coins, from the pottery, from the carbon dating. This dated to the Great Revolt. When we'd finished the excavation, we'd studied these bones anthropologically. We determined the age of these, these victims, we determined that they were part of a Jewish population that was living there. The excavation was over and we were about to come here to Shilu to begin. So I determined the best thing to do was to give these bones to the nearest Jewish community, which is at Ofra, about two miles away. And When I did, this became a very meaningful thing for this community. In fact, it brought the community together. They were dealing with dissensions about certain things and this became a unifying factor They buried these eight skeletons together in a mass grave in their cemetery. And the highest commandment within Judaism has to do with burial. And these people had never received proper burial. And so the fact that they were buried and a monument was erected there, telling the story both in Hebrew and in English of ABR. It mentions me and Bryant Wood and what we were doing at Kirby Doma and referring to the heroic work that our team had had done we really weren't attempting to be heroes we were just doing the right thing and and that's a a a great faith lesson is that if we'll just do the right thing one day at a time that it really does make a difference in the world and to to be able to go to Ofra with our team once a year and to see this monument and this reminder of people living two thousand years ago as Jesus said though being dead yet they speak and so their story comes to us and it's it's a tragic story on one hand but it's a heroic story on another and so we as archaeologists are privileged time to time to get past the rocks and the pottery and to get into the human story and it's really quite moving and uh, we're privileged to be able to partner with these communities for now over 40 years here in Judea and Samaria
0: cool all right so is there anything I've left out that you want to say
1: I can't, not that I can think of other than we have a giant rock pile that we have to make sure we capture in this video because we've made truly a mountain out of what was an anthill before. Yes, it was. (laughs)